Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, 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 happy hour, friends. We have a show for you today. I was smiling so much during this interview, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. First, I want to tell you this. I have been getting so many messages and emails telling me how excited you are for my little big news. We told you guys earlier in the month, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for your encouragement. If you haven't heard and you don't know what this big news I'm talking about is, I wrote another book. That is right. My second book, You Be You, Why Satisfaction and Success Are Closer Than You Think, is coming out right around the corner. I'm so excited about this book. The message that's in here is something that I want every person that grabs a hold of this book to know that God has created you to do great things with the gifts and talents that He's given you right where you are. I'm going to send you all the details about this book when you text UBU, all one word, no spaces, UBU to 33777. That's UBU, no spaces, all one word to 33777. And if you feel like pre-ordering the book today, man, would we be so grateful for that. You can pre-order on Amazon, and it's going to show up on your doorstep when it releases on October 1st. Think of it as a gift to yourself that will arrive in about a month and a half. Everyone needs gifts that they forget that they buy themselves, and they get so excited when they get delivered to you. Also, when you pre-order the book, number one, it helps authors when you pre-order books. It helps tell retailers that people are going to buy this book. So I thank you for you if you do that. Also, we're going to give you the first chapter to read before you even get the book. We have a contest where I'm going to go someplace with my best friend and have lunch with you and your best friend. We also have principles for you. We have discounts in our merch store. We're going to give you an exclusive discount to Waterloo Style, which is where I get some of my favorite earrings and a ticket to the virtual happy hour live event that we're doing on September 30th. You guys, my guest today is a man that I have been so excited to talk with for the happy hour. Pastor Mike Todd is a husband, father, and pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You might already know him by his New York Times bestselling book, Relationship Goals, because it seems like everybody is reading that book right now. Or you might know him through Transformation Church, which has been called a viral church. Or maybe today will be your first encounter with him. And if it is, it will not be your last. I know you're going to love hearing a bit of his story about how he became a pastor, about him and his family and his wife, Natalie. And let me tell you, he is preaching today on the podcast, and I'm not opposed to that ever. I want to tell you that we talk at length about a recent series that Pastor Mike led at his church on relationships. The last topic in that series is so very important to address, so we talked about it here on The Happy Hour as well. 
Mike and I talk about the compromise of pornography and the effect that that has on our lives. His sermon on this topic from a couple weeks ago is incredible. It is fire. I highly encourage you to go watch it. If you can't find it, we will put the link to that. Plus, as usual, everything we chat about in the show notes, which you can find at jamieivy.com slash 312. Okay, here is my conversation with my friend, Pastor Mike Todd. Hey, Mike, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, now hold on. We had a conversation in Colorado and we sat next to each other for dinner. Yes. And you're like, man, I would love to have you on my podcast, but no men allowed. And now we're here. So what's up? Well, let me tell you what happened. Okay. First of all, that dinner, when I sat next to you, I can't even tell you how amazing it was for it because I don't know if you remember, I was telling you about this idea that I had, I was going to spend all this money to do it. And you were like, hold up, wait, 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 pull back the reins, Jamie, let's go this way. So anyhow, that was such a great dinner for me, but in 2020, I started a series on the podcast called Your Last Decade. And I was just going to do it for a month. And I said, I'm going to interview men too. Like, why not? It's just a series, right? It's only going to last four to eight weeks. Well, it lasted through July. Like we just kept doing it. And I loved having men on the happy hour. And so, you know what? Here's the deal. I'm in charge of this show. I make the rules. (laughs) Come on. So I decided six and a half years in, men are welcome to my happy hour. We made it. We made it to the happy hour, girl. Let me tell you. I'm so excited to be here with you. You're my friend, so this is about to be fun. I'm excited. This is so good. This is so good. We did meet in Colorado last year at a dinner. Great dinner, by the way, but great conversation, and it was a lot of fun. And I have to admit, and I think it's okay, neither one of us knew each other before that dinner. And I have followed you in the past year and been like, what is happening in Tulsa, Oklahoma, <laughs> is what I've been thinking. What's happening at the Todd household? What's happening at Transformation Church? You, your church, every week, you're like, 8 million people came to know Jesus this weekend. <laughs> so before we jump into all the things, because this is going to be a great conversation, introduce yourself to our listeners. Okay, my name is Michael Alexander Todd. I'm going to go with the full name right Love there. It. I'm born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am one of five boys to the same parents, Brenda and Tommy Todd. I am married to the most beautiful woman in the world. Her name is Natalie. We are high school sweethearts, been together since she was 14 and I was 15, which is now too young that I have two daughters. (laughs) Yes. Um, I have a son named MJ, a daughter named Isabella, and a daughter named Ava. And my wife is trying to convince me that she wants one more kid. I need y'all to pray for us. Uh I lead uh, an amazing community in Tulsa called Transformation Church, where we're just trying to represent God to the world. That's it. Mm. And um, I love people and ease food. And I love Jamie Ivey's dimples. So this is the best. Uh, this is the best. This is what it is. This is the best. Well, I knew when I met you last year that there was something very charismatic and just overflowing with Jesus coming out of you. And now as I've been able to follow you on social media and just see the things you're doing, I mean, your church is going crazy. And I'm not one of those naysayers when churches are going crazy. Here's what I think. Praise be to God. That's where I come. And so 
I want you to just tell us, because I know the story a little bit, is you took over this church. Mm-hmm. When did you do that? And by the way, I watched your 10-year vow renewal with your sweet wife, Natalie. It was so wonderful. But my favorite part of it was when you guys were showing pictures of when y'all were dating yeah. and the video when you proposed to her. I'm like, yeah. look at these babies. Look at these <laughs> babies getting married. It was beautiful. But tell us the story real quick about how you became the senior pastor at Transformation Church. Well, we're going to try to make this a long story short, but I was the sound man at our church. And as the sound man at our church, I was just faithful in that. I was doing music production and I was just waiting for the Lord to call me to LA or New York so I could produce for Beyonce and Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber. That was what I was waiting on. And as I was serving in that church, my parents actually started a church um, called Spirit and Truth Praise and Worship Center. You could get saved just off the name of the church. Love it. And my mom came up to me. I was helping them with the music. She said, you're supposed to do something with the youth. And I was like, you have four other sons. One of them can do something with the youth. Like, that's not what's going to happen. And, you know, you listen to your mama. And so I just was like, well, let's meet with the youth. It was seven young people. And we met together. And four of them were my brothers, two God brothers, God (laughs) sisters, and one random person. We still don't know who they are to this day. And what ended up happening is we started a youth group called Soul Fly, Sold Out Free Life Youth. And it was the acronym was so fly, like who makes their mascot a fly in a Christian youth group? We Mm -hmm. did. Yep. Love it. So we start serving there. Six months in, 150 young people are coming. There's eight people that go to my, eight adults that go to my parents' church and 150 young people. And so they're just telling their friends and I'm like, this is cute, but this is not going to last. And a year into it, 250 young people come in. I mean, circles of young people just wrapped around this little room. We had no sound system. We had no arcade. We had nothing. It was just a room. And I was like, maybe there's something to this, but eh. at that same exact time at the church I was running sound for, which eventually would be the church I would pastor, the pastor came and said, hey, would you help us with the music? Take over the music department. So I start taking over the music in Sunday morning and I'm doing the youth at night at my parents' startup church that they started when they were 55 years old. Like this is how I know it was only the plan of God to get me into ministry because I would always think that I'm just gonna help ministries. I'm never gonna like actually be, I'm gonna go into the world, make money and just write checks for y'all conferences. Like that was my whole mindset around it. Started working in the youth, and, and then the music. And one day I'm sitting in this meeting. I was like, man, I wonder if these two churches came together that this could be something great. And I said it. And both of the leaders, my parents and the pastor of this church was like, yeah, we love each other. That'll never work. And I was like, cool. Three months later, I felt something in me say, say it again, said it again. They started talking and the churches merged together on in 2011. And I became the youth pastor at this church that I was leading music at. And the first day we did So Fly at Greenwood Christian Center, 500 young people showed up. And from that moment on, I was like, "Uh oh, this may be serious. Like, maybe I should study the Bible. Like, maybe I should really like maybe I should be praying some more because I was just using like McGee and me stories. Like mixing like, yeah, it was just random. Yeah. So anyway, I go from being the youth pastor to the executive pastor of the church to then the lead pastor of the church within four and a half years. And I don't even know how all of this happened. Like it was kind of one of those things that it was like God's divine hand was on the whole process. And uh, February 1st, 2015, I became the lead pastor of Transformation Church. And me and Natalie, when we stepped in, it was about 300 people coming to the church, predominantly African-American church. 
that was in the hood of Tulsa. And God told me four things. He said, I want you to make this church a multi-generational church, a multi-ethnic church, a multiplying church, and a multi-campus church. And we were none of those things. And by the grace of God, um, we are about, we're five years into ministry. And what God's done in the past five years, I mean, I couldn't write this in a book. Like I couldn't, there's no movie that could be made. This has been God's hand on it. And so we're loving every minute of it. We're working through all the challenges of it. We're taking deep breaths in and enjoying the moments, but we're getting to see tons of people's lives transformed. And uh, we're just excited about it, man. I had forgotten that it had been, I mean, when I met you, it would have been just been four years that you've been here for five years and the growth that you guys have seen is, has to have its challenges. It has to have been difficult in some ways. What has it been like for you who, one of the things I think you do so well is meet an audience online where they are. So I don't know what happens at your church in your room, but I know what happens when I watch it on YouTube, when I see it on your Instagram. So when did that occur to you that I'm going to make some changes and include social media in this? What what did that look like for you? And did you get pushback from people? So the crazy thing about it is when I became the pastor of the church, my first investment was into new cameras. I spent $80,000 in 2015 in new cameras and people left the church over it. Uh, that multi-generational is going to need a little little pushing. But I felt like that was the first thing God told me to do. The crazy thing about it is those cameras are the reason why we're even on this interview right now. Yeah, We started putting all of my sermons that I preached six months after I became the pastor. Um, we started putting them all online and like 50 people watched it a Sunday. And most of them were my mom. She would just be like, there's my baby. So baby. <laughs> like, praise God. And her and my aunties would watch. And nobody would do it. So this goes on for two and a half years. 2017 comes around. I come off a sabbatical and we preach a series called Relationship Goals. And we're just preaching it from our 300, 400 member church. And I'm just going to be like, hey, listen, I'm one of those who wants to be hot, humble, open and transparent. I'm going to talk about the stuff ain't nobody else talking about. And we're going to see what God's word says about it. So I just do it from our church, not thinking anything of it. And then in December, God tells me, hey, man, you've been doing great in ministry, but you need to slow down so you can find the pace of grace. You need to stride. And I'm like, we don't even got nothing. We ain't even done anything. He, and, and I went through this moment where God basically told me that Jesus fulfilled every messianic prophecy ever spoken about him. And he never ran to his next appointment. Mm. He found the pace of grace and that so many people are hustling and grinding and all this other stuff. But, but if Jesus could walk everywhere, like then we can find a pace that is sustainable for health and life and family and all these things. So we slowed down and we canceled Christmas that year and all this other stuff. And it was almost as if God was just trying to say, do I still have your heart? Like, Mm. will you obey me? And that was like December 5th, 2017, about December 23rd, a young lady, she posted a two minute clip of the relationship goal series that I did three months earlier on Twitter. And in 48 hours, 2 million people watched it. Stop it right now. Yeah. And who was that girl? How just any I mean, random? We found her. We found a random girl. Her name is Ashley. We I mean, it wasn't her. like Beyonce or something. No, 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 no. Definitely not famous. Like she was in college and didn't have a lot of Twitter followers. And it just went crazy. Yeah. It was an example that I did with these golf balls. And then what ended up happening was we didn't even have a working church website at the time. Like, <laughs> 
how church plant we were, like, and did not have staff and all that other stuff. And so what ended up happening is everybody typed in Michael Todd relationship goals to find the rest of the sermon. And it only took them to YouTube. Mm. And what they found was the eight part series. And then they found all the content that we had for two years that had been sitting there. So people started watching all these series and binge watching it like Netflix. And I remember it, me and my wife were at PF Chang's on date night. And I had 4,500 Instagram followers that morning. And that night at date night, I had 14,000 Instagram followers. Stop it. And I was like, what in What's the happening? Yeah. Going on? And at the time, Black Panther had just came out. So I thought they thought I was Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> I thought something got twisted in the mo- Like, I didn't know what happened. And every day for like 20 days, 10,000 people were following me almost every day. Yeah. And we went from 1,800 YouTube subscribers to like 200,000 in like 40 days. And I'm like, what is going So like literally, I'm thinking YouTube is broken. I'm thinking like, because... It's just going crazy. And what I started finding out is like, hey, my cousin from from New York just texted me. I was like, uh, your pastor's killing it. And everybody's like, your pastor's killing it. And it was honestly the hand of God on this. And that's why I always tell people, man, be faithful in what God's put placed in front of you because you never know when that thing becomes brand new to somebody else. Mm, that's good. It becomes the thing that you did a long time ago that now people are consuming and sharing and getting blessed by. Mm -hmm. And that just started a chain of reactions of me being invited to speak certain places. And this is the crazy thing, Jamie. So January hits and I'm in my 21 days of prayer and fasting, just like I do every year. And I just feel so strongly only take two engagements a month. And I'm like, okay, take two engagements a month. That's fine. I only had four engagements all of last year. Like, and I took every one of them. Like everybody, every yeah. youth camp, everybody that called. Pastor Michael be there. Yes. Like, and that year, 1,800 speaking engagement requests came in. And in 2018, I ended the year in stride, finding the pace of grace. Mm because I obeyed that instruction to only take two engagements a year. And so it's just been one of those things that just like, it's still surreal about how we got here, but it almost feels like we were, we've been in preparation for this moment of impact and influence to be able to help people transform. And so I'm as shocked as everybody else, but I'm grateful. I love it. But here's my favorite thing about it, Mike, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're telling me about all those years and you finding your pace and getting the equipment, it doesn't sound to me like you were thinking we need to prepare to go crazy on YouTube. It sounds like you were just like, we just need to do what God's asking us to do. All we were doing is stewarding the season we were in. Yeah. And that's what most people, they, they get off because they're trying to do what they need to do in this season to get to the next season. And what God's looking for is faithfulness and stewardship and being intentional right here. And, and that's what I'm doing even right now. Like everything has changed, but I'm just stewarding over the season I'm in. I'm yeah. finding out information that will help me in the season I'm in. I'm talking to amazing people like yourself to figure out how do I write a book and how do I release a book and how do I like... I'm just trying to steward over the season. And I really do believe that if you are focused on the season that you're in, God can trust you with the next season he wants to take you to. That's good. And it's moving so fast right now that all we can do is look at what's in front of us and be faithful with that. That's good. You know, we're recording this in July of 2020 and it's no surprise. We've been in quarantine for a while, coronavirus, all the things, and churches have had to pivot and go online. Do you think that you guys had this little advantage? Like you've been reaching people on YouTube for longer most churches had to figure out what to do in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys were like, hey, we got this. We've been doing this. By the grace of God, just really paying attention. I say this to our staff all the time. We don't play defense in church. 
we play offense. And a lot of churches, it's sad to say that the innovation and the different things that are happening, we play not to lose instead of playing to win. So literally, one of the big things that we did like three years ago is I said, I want 85 to 90 percent of our giving to be online because we were having to pay these people to stay after church to count and do all this. Other stuff. I was like, yo, if people want to give, I want it to be easy. I don't want like and we made intentional efforts to make everybody really see the benefit of giving online. So when COVID hit, nothing changed. We made it very intentional of like really creating an experience for people, because what people really don't know is that Transformation Church I'm actually in our old building right now. This is a converted grocery store. Like that is what this was. And all the messages that went crazy were in a room that literally not even 700 people could get in. Yeah. And so we just always wanted to create an experience because we always felt like we would be a central location that would broadcast to the world. I call our church all the time a production studio. And now we just have a big production studio because I don't think, Jamie, that the world has ever been more poised to do the Great Commission, to go into all the world and make disciples than right now and to do it in health and still like your husband and still want to be with your wife and still spend time with your kids. And so COVID just um, exposed that we made some right decisions and it made us be more aggressive in some of the other stuff that I feel like we're supposed to do. I love it. You just mentioned uh, churches need to be on the offense. And I am a big fan of that as well as let's be, you know, we can talk about this with race, but but I'm going to talk about something else. But I think with like even racial injustice, like let's be churches who are on the offense. Let's not always be like, oh, now what do we have to do? What do we have to say? Let's let's tackle these. And you just tackled 10 weeks, a sermon series on relationship goals. Now, it sounds to me like you've done a series like this before and this was a reboot. Yeah. So the relationship goals original series was the one that went viral yeah, yeah. We did in 2017. Then I took that content after preaching it and living with it for about a year and a half. And I made a book called Relationship Goals. It's a small and book. You might've heard of it, people. Yeah, it's just a little sum. It's my little first little piece of work. And great. Uh, great to God, it's a New York Times bestseller. So we did that book. And what I wanted to do is for me, it helps me to know I'm presenting to somebody. I'm not like a book writer, like sit down in the room and just like do Mm -hmm. that. And I know this contact content, I want it to live. Like anytime something needs to have longevity, they write it down. That's Mm -hmm. why the Bible's so successful. That's why your books are so successful. All this other stuff, you want longevity on something, you need to write it down. My goal for relationship goals, I have a six-year-old daughter, a five-year-old son, and a two-year-old daughter. My goal is that one day, if daddy wasn't here, they would have a manual on relationships. Mm. And and so that's how I wrote this book, like for them to know. So when the book came out, I decided to do all new content. So honestly, this Relationship Goals Reloaded series, I did 10 weeks of all new content that I'm gonna turn into a book later sometime. I love it. When Tillamook ice cream beckons you to the freezer aisle, which irresistibly creamy flavor do you choose? While you're thinking, try not to fuck up the glass. Tillamook ice cream. Extraordinary dairy. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. What makes eHarmony so special? You. No, really. The profiles and conversations are different on eHarmony, and that's what makes it great. eHarmony's compatibility quiz brings out everyone's personality on their profile, 
and highlight similarities on your discovery page. So it's even easier to start a conversation that actually goes somewhere. So what are you waiting for? Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Life doesn't have a pause button. That's why Capella University's FlexPath learning format lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them if something comes up. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference for you at capella.edu. Well, this is what I'm talking about on the offense. Your very last week, your 10th week of Relationship Goals Reloaded, you tackle something that is much needed to be tackled in the world, in our communities, in our homes, and in our churches. And if I was a very professional, I'd play a clip of it. But I want to tell you, you introed it like this, all right? I mean, this is what you said, give or take a few words. You said, I want to be truthful with you guys. And you talked about if Jesus is truth, we have to tell our own true stories. We have to be true to ourselves. And you said, I'm going to do it today. And you said, I've been in an abusive relationship and it's ruined parts of my life, been ruined trying to, and her name is pornography. Yep. And what got me is you said, and she's been with other people as well. Yep. And you started the sermon on the 10th day about pornography. And I thought, I'm here for this. I am ready for this. I was looking at some of the YouTube comments and although... I think there are some men that listen to our show and you're here, so hopefully they will be. The predominant listeners at the Happy Hour are women. And let me tell you, when I was looking at your YouTube comments, do you know who I saw the predominant comments from? Women. Women. Yep. 100%. And so not only am I thankful that you're talking about it because I have four children, three of them are boys, but I have a daughter. And this no one is void to this woman named Pornography who will enter into your life. So talk to me about a couple things. Number one, you had to have been, even though you're, Pastor Michael Todd, were you a little timid, afraid to say that truth out loud? It felt vulnerable. Just I, because, I can imagine. You know, there's this stigma around pastors and leaders that's mm-hmm. kind of like this not human factor. It's like they're not human. And I tell my team all the time, I said, our goal is to break the wall between the platform and the pews. Mm-hmm. Like, We need people to understand that we are people that God is using and he can use them the same way. And a lot of times because of pride or because of people's ideas, you want to act like you're perfect and you're not all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so I think that is part of our secret sauce is that we're authentic. Like we're transparent. We're not just honest. Honesty is telling the truth when somebody asks you. Transparency is offering up your truth. Mm, that's and a lot of people are honest, but they're not transparent. And I've been in church all my life, Jamie. And the one thing that I was struggling with, I never heard anybody talk about. Mm. Like I was in the praise band and I was at the youth camps and we went to everything. And then I'm serving in the church and I'm going through all this other stuff and I'm trying to get married and all of these different things. And nobody, it would be these quotations. We know you're struggling with sexual things or mm. It would be all this. And I was like, yo, like somebody needs to just say it. And so honestly, the way I went into Sunday is talking to myself 15 years ago. Mm. Like if I would have heard the message I spoke on Sunday 15 years ago, it would have snatched me out of the lethargic, consistent cycle 
of pornography that I didn't even know was robbing me and taking away from my future. Mm. And yeah, I felt completely vulnerable. I, I mean, I couldn't call any of my boys that preach and be like, bro, what'd you do when you talked about pornography? Like, yeah. And I know people struggle with it. I know pastors struggle with it. I know women struggle with it. I know men struggle with it. I know right now with cell phones being our eight and nine and 10 year olds have cell phones, they can they have pornography in their pocket. And we act like it's not real and we act like it's not affecting people, but it literally scientifically is proven that it rewires your brain. It it makes you see people in a different way. And I just felt like God um, wanted to use my testimony and his word to at least set some people free from the idea that they were the only one struggling with it. And then two, that there can actually be freedom from it. Mm. I have been free from pornography for over five years. And that has been because I was able to be open, honest, transparent about. I was able to bring my wife in the fight with me. I was able to do all of these things that nobody teaches you how to do. And so Mm. I gave everything I had. It was my last message before I went on sabbatical. So, Jamie, (laughs) I got a confession. I preached for two hours. Literally, (laughs) it was an hour and 58 minutes. Like Of you talking? For one hour and 58 minutes. <laughs> but again, it's now the most viewed message in a 24-hour period that we've ever put up. 130,000 people watched it in 24 hours, which tells me there is a void and a need and a hunger for people that want to be free from images and thoughts. And we're not even talking about somebody who does it every day. Mm. The statistics that I saw where people are going monthly to these sites, Christians are going monthly to these sites and getting images or trying to be educated on how to be better with their husband or their wife. And Mm. and then it gets sucked in to this vortex that literally robs people. And I don't know, I hate pornography and it's now the biggest proponent of sex trafficking. And it's just still in people's lives. And if the church is not going to talk about it, mm-hmm. if believers aren't going to talk about it, but I really think that many people don't talk about it because it still has a hold of it. That might be and, true. Yeah. And, 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 and that's where you can't really. And so mm-hmm. I just hope honestly that something I said and the transparency that happened yeah. um, through this message, I called it the compromise of pornography that it would help somebody start on their journey of freedom. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't want to talk about it either because of maybe the stigma of what they think people will think about them. Like, even if they're like, Hey, I'm in freedom. Like I haven't messed up in like, like a year and a half, praise be to God. But they feel like if they say that out loud, someone's gonna be like, Ooh, porn, especially women, especially women of going, wait, am I a freak? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think the real thing that people have to to really evaluate is your freedom more valuable than people's opinion of you. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's why I believe the Bible tells us in James, like, this is a trick of the enemy to keep it in isolation. Because right. anything that's in the dark, it never gets dealt with. You have to reveal the things that you want to be healed. If I go to the doctor today and I'm like, I'm hurting, and he says, where? But I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I got to tell them it's my arm. It's my yeah. heart. It's my, it's my leg. And when I reveal it, then we can figure out how the healing starts. And that's why James tells us to confess our sins one to another. Mm-hmm. See, people don't really understand this principle, but I'm a big proponent of understanding why we confess and how we confess. You confess to God for forgiveness, but you confess to one another for healing. And a lot of people have confessed to God 
but they're still not healed because they haven't told anybody else. Mm. And why that, does it matter? Why does it matter? Tell us why it matters. Because I believe God is so sovereign and amazing that he knows for us to walk out healing, we're going to need accountability. Mm. We're going to need community. We're going to need people because we all, that's why the Bible says two are better than one for when one falls in a ditch, the other one can pick them up out of it. And maybe it was me falling in the ditch this week and maybe it's you next week. But if I was walking alone, I would be in real trouble. And I think that's where a lot of people are in the areas of their life where they need accountability and love and grace and and, and somebody to say me too, and let's go. And they're so ashamed of what the offense does that they won't do what's necessary to get the healing that they want. And that's why I just said, I guess I'm going to go for it. I'm going to bust this bubble. And I've gotten DMs and emails from pastors, people from the White House, people from the hood. In the past five days, I've gotten emails from all types of people saying, thank you. I just needed to know that it was okay. And I mean, if you watch the, if you look on the comments on YouTube, like I said, I was five years old when I got introduced to pornography. And people just start on the comments saying the age that they first saw pornography or were touched inappropriately. Like I was six, I was two, I was 10, I was 11 because it was just like I busted a bubble and really God busted a bubble. And it was like, oh, finally, like, yep. I really do believe true freedom has started for a lot of people. It's interesting because when I released my book in January of 2018, it's a lot of just my story of I had a lot of sexual sin in my life before I got married. Then I found Jesus or Jesus found me and I married a pastor and all the things. And so I brought a lot of shame into the marriage. Uh, Chapter nine was the one that, you know, the day before the book came out, I'm like, oh, we can't take it out now. It's in there. Like it's gone to printing. And it was when I talked about pornography and I talked about as a married woman, mother to four, I had you know, I tell the story and it's not worth recounting, but there was this moment where I was lonely and stressed and I tried to search for pornography on my computer. Praise be to God. We got all kinds of things on it. I never got to it. But that moment in my life of going back to something that was so comfortable 20 years earlier freaked me the heck out that I went there, that I could, that I thought about it. And that chapter, when people talk to me, they're like, here's what I loved about your book. They're, they'll say to me, I've never heard, I don't hear women talk about this. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this because I too have struggled with this. Yeah. And it is just that idea of going, hey, we all have these struggles. We all have things. Everybody, Everybody does. And when we get vulnerable with them and transparent, like you said, it's when other people go, all right, so Pastor Mike, he's worked through this. There's, I can too. Yep. You know, I, I can too. I think that's where we really have to speak specifically in the church and with people who seemingly have everything together, we have to be the ones that offer it up. We have Mm -hmm. to be transparent. We got to be humble enough to say that this is my story, open enough to actually tell it, and then transparent enough to tell the whole truth. Like Mm -hmm. you listen to the sermon, I was telling like how I was like trying to scheme and make room for, because I tell everybody that pornography is such a trap because pornography is a prevision of something that you would like to happen. And these images, these thoughts, or these things, it's a prevision. And prevision, as when you walk through the door of prevision, then you start giving those ideas and those thoughts permission to go from your head to your heart. Mm. And, and that's where you can't stop an image from like just popping up. But right. if you give it permission to drop, like you study it, you focus on it, you're trying to figure out what's happening, you watch the video then you're giving it permission to drop from your head to your heart. Mm. And what happens is when it drops from your head to your heart, 
then you start making provision for it. You make time for it. You're like, oh yeah, I got to go to the restroom real quick. And then you, you know what I'm saying? You tell your friends you can't go out because you're making provision for those things that was a prevision that became permission that then now you're making provision. And the Bible says in Romans 13, 14 or 14, 13, I get it mixed up, but it says make no provisions for the flesh. And Mm -hmm. that at the moment you make the provision for it, then I tell people all the time, pornography is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Being perverted or walking in perversion is Mm -hmm. because when you go from the prevision to, to the permission to the provision, and then you go through that last door of perversion, that's where all bets are off. Mm. When you walk through perversion, it twists. That word means to twist or to maneuver in a unnatural way, something that was straight, it wicked, it makes it wicked or twisted. And that's where you go from watching a man and a woman to then a man and a man and a woman and a woman, and then a man and a dog. And then like, it just, it go, it, when you get open to perversion, then perversion, it may be a sexual perversion, but then you're stealing and you're lying now and you're, you're lying on your taxes. And that's what can take a grown man that looks a child that he birthed and start seeing them sexually. Like mm. those, when you walk through that, and that's why you have to stop it at the prevision. Mm. That's why pornography is so bad. It's because it gives you glimpses that lead you down this path. But in the same way, I'm so excited for the grace of God because in the same way, I'm preaching already. I love it. Bring it. <laughs> but I'm, this is my testimony. I feel like I'm fighting for other people in this moment. Like when in the same way, if you get a prevision of what God says about you, that you're his masterpiece, that you are beautifully and wonderfully made, that you have purpose beyond this, that you can help others. If you get that prevision of yourself, then you give God permission to give you people and put you in places and give you his word that can be written on your heart that you may not sin against him. You get permission to move forward and then you start making provision for what God God wants to do in your life. And he is so good that he makes provision for you. He'll surround you with community. He'll let you read a book like Relationship Goals or the book that you've written. He'll give provision to give you resources. And then you walk into, instead of perversion, you walk into your promise. Mm. See, it's the same doors, but you got to allow God to be the one to give you the prevision. And that's why the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, See, it wasn't just the thought. It had to drop from the images I saw to my heart. He said, then so is he. And I just believe there's so many people that have given their vision over to what culture says and what people think and the sexual images of people who are perverted, that we need to repent. All that word means is turn. All we need to do is turn and allow God to give us a vision of who he created us to be. Mm. I'm over here. I'm like, do I snap? Do I clap? Do I run around? Do I wave a, a little a rag in the air? What's going on? Because I'm just here for this. I feel like I'm at Transformation Church right now with Pastor <laughs> Michael Todd. Oh, this is so good. Well, I'm I'm so grateful for you taking the time to talk about that because I know that this conversation is going to put someone on a path. to healing and freedom with that. And I pray we'll put all kinds of resources in the show notes. We'll put your book, the YouTube channel, all the things, because I really, really want freedom. And man, I see teenagers and my heart, I just want to cry because this road is so hard and Satan is so just getting people and he's snatching them in at such a young age. And, you know, pornography now, when you and I were growing up, we had to go find it, go find a magazine, go someplace. It just shows up. It's everywhere. 
it just shows up. I'll be like scrolling through Instagram. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm for, what's happening. I'm subscribed to this. Who is this? It's yeah. crazy. Well, let me just say this. I feel so strongly to say this. There's somebody listening right now who feels like you've become apathetic about defeating this because you've mm. tried before yeah. and you feel like this is just too hard to overcome. Let me tell you something. And I'm talking to somebody specifically right now that there's a scripture in the Bible that really freed me. It says, I believe it's in Romans or Corinthians, but it basically says that one day God has raised Jesus from the dead and he's going to raise us from the dead. And I read this scripture and I was like, okay, cool. And this is the revelation that God gave me when I could not control my urges, when I, when I felt like this was a never ending cycle. God says, if I raise Jesus from the dead, if I can raise a dead body, What makes you think, Michael, I can't help you manage a living one? Mm. And this is where we have to give God the opportunity to manage what we have right now. But the only way he can manage it is if you give it to him. And I'm just encouraging somebody out here, try again. Like, watch this message that I just preached. It's long. It's an hour. All two hours. (laughs) All two hours. But watch it. And get resources that they're going to put in the show notes. Because I just hear so strongly, God said, this time is going to be the time. This time you're going to be empowered to do this. This time it's not going to just be self-will. It's God's will for you. And um, I don't know who that's for, Jamie, but somebody needed to hear that. I'm believing that with you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I want to move on to this real quick. You've been married for 10 years. Yeah. Congratulations. A whole decade. (laughs) You made it. Uh, My husband, we celebrated 19 this year. Let's go. We're, we're, we're grooving and moving. And, um, I, I have said this publicly, so I'll say it again. Quarantine has been, we've had some harder days with marriage. Just, Mm -hmm. whoo, it's just been, everything's been crazy. Tell me about what's marriage like for you and Natalie 10 years in, were you guys the kind of people that those first couple of years were like, how do we make it? Or those first couple of years, like the best that like, what has marriage been like for you guys? What's your story been? Well, me and Natalie's story is so interesting. It's one you don't hear a lot because we met, like she was my first girlfriend. So like we're high school sweethearts. And then I had about 10 months of insanity. And where I went out and tried to get with other girls and that broke her heart. She got with another dude, lost her virginity to him. I come back, I'm insecure. So we have sex. And I mean, it's just all of these other things that just begin to happen and and cheating happens and this all happens. And so really we went through a season before we got married of really having to build trust, Mm -hmm. knowing that we love the core of who the person was. But there were so many infractions and hurt. And um, we say it like this, trust is lost in buckets and gained back in drops. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that we had to walk that path. So when we got married, it was still like fragile, but it was just still like, all right, let's make this happen. Like, let's, I believe you. I love you. You say you love me. <laughs> it, was like, it was like that. And, um, and Every year that went by, it was just like, it got better and better. Mm. And like to think about being 10 years in, three kids in a ministry that's touching the world, I could give up everything right now and move to a cabin and just look at her and be with her and play Uno with her and watch Netflix. Like she is literally my best friend, but we've been through so many ups and downs together. It's just like, I'm not doing this with nobody Mm. else. You still Fine to me, girl. Walk out in that again, and I'm attacking you. You hear me? Like, to me, there it really is the grace of God I see in her for me. Like it was God's grace that she's in my life, and so yeah, every day's not 
amazing. She get on my nerves. I get on her nerves. But it's like all of that wrapped in together. It's like two people that are going towards God automatically get closer to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what we we try to do in our relationship is like, hey, I'm going to go towards God. You're going to go towards God. And simultaneously, it makes us come closer together. And, uh, you know, 10 years in, we just getting started. I love it. I'm like the biggest fan of marriage. I love being married. I love my man. I I just, I love marriage so much. And listen, we got four kids, so you can have one more. Honestly, once you get past three, listen, we're done at the Ivy house. Everything's closed shop, all the things I could add two more. It wouldn't be a big deal. What, what I got two more plates to make. I mean, it's not a big deal. Y'all pray for me because my, (laughs) I don't know. You're also, you have young kids. My youngest is 12 and my oldest is 16. Oh, if yeah. Aaron and I left for three days, they'd be perfectly fine. Yeah, not these would, <laughs> would have burned the house down. One of them would have, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Okay, I have to tell you something that I love that you do. And I need you to tell me behind the scenes. Okay? All right, How are you always having shirts with you and Natalie on them? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know because, listen, my assistant, Lindsay, she's so great. She does everything. I've been telling her, I need some shirts like Michael Todd has. I, from, one for me, one for Aaron. And then I'm thinking, is Aaron even going to wear that? And so I went to the mall the other day. And my son, <laughs> there's a little kiosk. He got a shirt with Drake symbol on it. I don't even know what that is. He got it, loved it. And I was like, he, the guy told me, he said, I can put any photo on here. I was like, any photo? I pulled up. Our last photo shoot Aaron and I did, and I've got myself, I was not confident enough to get it for Aaron, but I got myself a black hoodie with our photo on it. And I love it. I should warn it. It's in you. Give me some behind the scenes with all your clothes. Oh my goodness. So I love clothes. I love fashion. I will wear a suit one day, wear a hoodie the next day. and You have awesome style. You and Natalie. I'm like, if there's like a Christian style of the year, the Todds are coming in, Tom. Man, okay, cool. I'm making a fake award for that. Yes. And I'm Jamie Ivy. Yeah. But honestly, the thing with the shirts came because number one, we have all these pictures. I take pictures of everything. And I was a lot of people know my sermons by what I wear. And so I don't wear a lot of the same stuff because they watch every week and they're like, no, it's the sermon where he was wearing the pink jacket or it was the sermon where he was doing it. Like, Mm -hmm. and so that's how they share with their friends. And so I was looking for something to do one day. And I was like, yo, I love my family, but you know, every pastor gets up there and does like the 20 minute monologue about their family before they preach. And I got a lot of words to say. Um, (laughs) And so I was like, what if I just show people that like, if you wear it, you must really love like, and so I would start getting pictures of my wife, pictures of my kids, picture of it. And then I would just get them printed on t-shirts. And it became like, I don't really wear anything else other than church merch, pictures with my kids and my wife on it. And it's just so fun because then it's a conversation piece. I walk in somewhere and they're like, is that your kids? And I was like, yes, I love them. They're the best. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's one of those things. So it's my thing right now. Listen, I talk about your church all the time and I'm like, where's she getting these? I got to get me some. And so I need to get some of y'all's church merch too. It's so. I'm going to send you some, whatever you want. So that's another thing that we've only sold our church merch to our church. We don't have an online store or anything like that. And so now COVID is making us take it worldwide. So announcement on the Jamie Ivy. So if you want to get represent gear or transformation church gear this fall, we are working to get that to you. So y'all be on the lookout. This is exciting. Maybe I can get an early release like church merch. I got you. 
So good. Okay. Well, Mike, I know that you're about to go into sabbatical and I glory actually heard, to God. Okay. Glory to God. Do you do this every year? Is this a every, yearly thing? Good for you. Since I became the lead pastor of Transformation Church, one of my mentors, Tim Ross, he told me, he said, Mike, you're going to have to have a time where you recreate, you rest, and you rejuvenate and get revelation. And I was like, all right, cool. I can't do that. I'm a new pastor. Not in your day-to-day. You can't do that. Yeah. It crucified me. And we did it. It's been out of sabbatical. That's when relationship goals happen. Out of sabbatical, one of the uh, most impactful sermon series, Crazy Faith, happened. So all of this stuff happened. So I'm excited. I'm about to go away for a month. And I, I'm excited to see what comes out of this time of rest and paying attention, fully devoted to my family. I love it. My husband does the same, not every year, which I'm going to go over to the house and mention that to him, that maybe we could start that trend. But oh. whenever he would do it, it would be a longer time. So, you know, that kind of thing. But he would have like a dedicated solo time, family time. Like, all, do you do it like that as well? So first week is PK vacay. And we take the kids every day. I make them t-shirts and so we can remember. Of course you do. And so, and then me and Natalie then will go somewhere private where we wear not a lot of clothes and then, <laughs> and then we'll come back and do house stuff. And then that last seven days, I'll go by myself to some random place yeah. in the woods and just pray and read and get vision. So yeah, it's about, it. to be, it's about to be awesome. I love it. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats, like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. What makes eHarmony so special? You. No, really. The profiles and conversations are different on eHarmony, and that's what makes it great. eHarmony's compatibility quiz brings out everyone's personality on their profile and highlights similarities on your discovery page. So it's even easier to start a conversation that actually goes somewhere. So what are you waiting for? Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Well, we end every show asking our guests what they're loving and what they're reading. What are you loving these days? What are you reading? How's that? What's that look like for you? And it can be like, I love my new hat or my new sneakers. I bet you're a shoe guy. I am a shoe guy. Um, but I think the thing that I'm loving right now, my son, MJ, has autism and he is about to be five and he doesn't speak whole sentences yet. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that I'm loving is getting up in the morning with him. He's got this new thing where he just wants to sing songs with me and he can hum the melodies and stuff like that. I'm getting emotional. Okay. So, but it's one of those things that it's only been the last like three weeks, but I get up early and he'll get up with me and we'll be humming the ABCs and Mm -hmm. I'll be singing worship songs to him and stuff like that. And yeah, pretty much more than anything. I love that right now. That's precious. Yeah, that's my guy. I did see recently you're making those uh, TikTok videos with one of your daughters. Oh, yeah. And she was like, Dad. <laughs> it's like, she, my daughter's six and she's like, Dad, I want to make a TikTok with you. And I don't let her get on TikTok. She ain't got yeah. no phone, nothing like mm-hmm. that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it with you. And she already knew the dance. She was like, we're going to do this one. I guess YouTube or something has taught her something. And so 
she teaching me and I messed up and she's like, oh my God, dad. Like, What's wrong like, with you? Goodness. Like, is this what it is today? So yes, I'm a bad TikToker, but I'll do I that. love it. I love it. What do you, are you a reader? Do you enjoy reading? I do enjoy reading. It's the only way that I used to hate reading. And then I got put into positions where I didn't know nothing. And so I had to really start reading. But a book that I'm reading right now is called Multipliers. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that right now, people don't tell you about the backside of the blessing. They don't tell you about how, you know, success and impact and all those things are amazing, but it causes a lot of, it shows a lot of gaps and holes. Mm. I got to figure out how to multiply people. And so I'm going in my leadership right now of really trying to figure out how to delegate more and how to empower people more and really try to transfer the values and the things that are natural to me. I think one of the things that I'm learning is how to dissect what comes natural to me to export it to other people. And when you can figure out your genius or your it factor and put it in language for other people to be able to carry, that is so explosive. And so Multipliers, that's a book I'm reading right now. And um, it's it's really good. I love that. Okay. Last question. You may not know uh, an exact number. How many people have you guys seen come to know the Lord in 2020? I do not know the exact number today because people are getting saved every single day. But I know the last time I checked, it was over 14,000 people. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I encourage everybody to realistically believe God in this season where the world is going crazy for supernatural salvations. Like the people that you never think Mm. would, I mean, they're professing and claiming different religions. They don't believe in nothing. They're in all kinds of lifestyles. I want you to believe for them to be transformed. Because God is still doing crazy miracles and we're seeing it happen every day. Just on Sunday, Sunday and Monday, 938 people gave their life to Christ. Praise God. It's all him. And so we're just trying to stay out the way, Jamie. Like, what do you want us to do, Lord? Okay, we'll do that. Let's get out the way and let him do his thing. And so we're just so grateful. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your message. It's over. It's over. <laughs> I thought we was just getting started. <laughs> No, I love thank you. It's an honor to know you and just see God using you like crazy. I'm cheering you guys on. I hope to meet Natalie one day. You guys have fun wherever you are having your adult vacation time. It's my favorite. That is happening. No, we love you. We appreciate you. And everybody go get Relationship Goals, the book, if you don't have it. And okay, so since this went by so quickly and so fast, I'm coming back. Like I'm inviting myself back. Come on. We're going to do a whole nother round of this at some point before the year is out. So let's do it. You know what I need to do? I interviewed, you know him, Sam Collier. Yeah, Sammy Boy. I watched his video where he interviewed you sitting down in Oklahoma. And I'm like, I need to fly up to Tulsa and sit down with Pastor Todd and do a video. You should definitely come up. You're in Dallas, right? Or Texas? Austin. Oh, I mean, you're six hours away. Like an hour flight. Like Mm -hmm. you should come. I'll show you the miracle. My next book, I'm working on it right now. Another exclusive on the Jamie Ivey show. It's called Crazy Faith. And we are right now, I'm in my old building right now. I'm working in the studio over here. And the blessing that God gave us, we just bought an arena. I think I told you that. We just bought an arena in our city and we paid for it cash in five months. Like it's, but when you hear the story of this, 
it will encourage anybody's faith because we had no thing. And when I say nothing, I mean no thing. And God gave me a vision that I wrote down on a piece of paper. And now my office is in an arena in the, on the other side of town that is paid off. Do you still have that piece of paper? I have the exact piece of paper. Like, yeah, we got to do another podcast. because I'm going to have to come up and get the video of all the new place. We're going to do it in the building and I'll walk <laughs> you around. Bring the crew that moves. I mean, we're going to do the whole, the whole thing. This is so great. Seriously, thank you. Blessings to you. I'll see you soon this year. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, 2020. Can you write it down on a sheet of paper? Pastor Mike, can you write it on a sheet of paper? <laughs> Every listener, if I'm not back on on 2020, it's Jamie Ivy's fault. I'm telling her right now. My assistant's in right there. I'm doing it in 2020. Let's do. I'm here. Thank All you. Right. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. I could have said amen through this entire episode, but I kept my mouth closed so you could listen to Mike talk. I hope that you're feeling empowered after this happy hour, and I hope that you make a plan to check out Transformation Church's sermon series that he did on relationship goals. Also, you guys, how much do I want to fly myself up to Tulsa right now and make a YouTube video of him showing us around his church? I am dying to do that. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel just in case this dream ever comes true. It's youtube.com slash Jamie Ivey. Don't forget, you guys, my book, UBU, releases on October 1st, and I would love to tell you more about it through a text. Text UBU to 33777 so you can get a direct text with all of the UBU news, maybe some freebies thrown in there, and I just cannot wait to keep you in the loop. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Quinn Pearson. The whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. I'll see you guys back here this Friday with Eugene Cho. You guys, could this week get any better? Mike Todd today, Eugene Cho on Friday. Two powerhouses in the happy hour this week. So much fun. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a friend. Have a happy hour with a friend. I'll see you on Friday. Not everything in life is flexible, but at Capella University, your education can be. With our game-changing FlexPath learning format, you're empowered to fit education into your life without putting other priorities on hold. FlexPath lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them when needed. You can take courses at your own speed and move on to the next one when you're ready. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.